Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Susan Finley from Train Smarter out of Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome to the show, Susan. How are you today? Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. I'd love talking about this subject that I spent every waking hour thinking about. Yes, I love that. Yes, I love passionate gym owners. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I'm really excited to dive into um, the business. But before we do so, um, tell me what made you want to start the gym in the first place? Um, well, I had spent 35, about 30 years in the fitness industry as a personal trainer. And a lot of my clients were starting to say to me, why don't you open your own place? And I was always working in somebody else's gym. And in those cases, um, you know, I would have created these creative ideas because that's what we do. You know, when we're, we're, when we're business growers and entrepreneurs, we get these ideas and I'd go to my bosses and I'd say, let's hold a workshop on this or let's do that. And that was always a sort of like naysaying. I was always at other people's beck and call and doing, you know, what their agendas and not really what I thought was important. And ultimately, thank goodness I made the jump when I did, because when we, when I decided to, to move forward and do this in 2014, I had no idea there was a pandemic coming in 2022. So the place I had most recently left barely survived at all. And it's only because it's a big community center. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just decided that it was time. I had been doing, you know, private training for so long and it was, I was ready for like the next iteration, but I always said to people, I just don't want to own my own business because I don't want to be the person who's responsible when the toilet stops up, which of course is what it did two weeks, no, two months after we opened. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. And I think of one of the, my big lessons through all of this has just been, I'm slowly, slowly, slowly getting comfortable with not always knowing what's going to happen next and knowing that somehow or other we're going to make it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's very entrepreneurial to say, you know, I could do this my way, um, but then running into all those little things that you don't expect. <laughs> and then you just yeah. have to kind of roll with the punches at that point. But yeah, that's awesome that you you took the, the leap and started your own thing after so many years in the industry. Um, but tell us about Train Smarter. So how do you describe it to someone who's never been in before? Train Smarter, we sort of make the point of telling people that it is a fitness coaching facility, not just a workout facility or a gym. Kind of avoid using the word gym because people have certain ideas of what that means. What we try to help people realize is that being healthy and being truly fit is a multidimensional kind of thing that has a lot to do with how well you sleep, how well you eat, how much you move, and whether or not you're recovering and getting the restoration that you need to keep all of those balls in the air. Mm -hmm. So um, we try to cover all of those bases by offering, um, like when our people come in, when our coaching clients come in, we do an assessment each time they come in, double double check their alignment, make Mm -hmm. sure that we're looking for any kind of issues before we ever start. That's part of that service. And so... The workouts are designed along with you know, your basic push, pull, hinge, squat, carry, but always with the idea of like tailoring it to what they need. So it's very high touch, um, very highly involved coaching facility. We only have right now, we only have about 100 clients and we're working our way up to, you know, the goal is to hit about 120 or 140 and then our facility will be maxed out. Awesome. Yeah. I want to get into how you built your member base. So what was your strategy there for getting people in the door and and joining the gym? (laughs) 
well, a, a big chunk of them, I would say about 45 people came with me when I left the previous place where I had been. Um, and then um, when you put your name out there as being somebody who knows how to help with, you know, like you just get, you get a lot more testimonials for people who when, you know, come in and say, my friend said their shoulders hurting um, and I told them to come see you. My friend said their back hurts. I told them to come see you. Um, that's another way that we sort of like set ourselves apart from other gyms, other exercise facilities is because we, we do, we stay in our lane. We actually have a physical therapist who comes and works at our facility a couple of times a week, but there are plenty of things that just have issues to do with alignment and muscle imbalance that are things that anybody could look on YouTube and find. And it's just that I've made a, a mission really like the whole orthopedic and alignment and, um, functional ability is the piece of it that has appealed to me the most over the years. And I think that's probably what's part of what's built a real, such a loyal clientele. I have mm -hmm. clients that have been with me for 30 years and they just, they, now they know and trust what I know and they don't have to worry about it. They don't need to know about exercise because they know that we will take care of that. It's kind of like whether or not you want somebody to plan your landscaping or if you want to do it yourself, if you're not a landscaper, you can landscape, but you know, <laughs> I know what mine looks like. So yeah. it's just sometimes it's better to, to know who's the expert and trust them to get you toward where you want to be. Yeah, definitely. I think those referrals are probably the best lead because, you know, those people are already aware of your service. They were referred by someone that they trust. And so inherently they're going to trust you as well. So I think that's, that's definitely a big plus of those testimonials and those referrals. Um, but let's say somebody, you know, moves to the area, um, how do they know that you're there? Do you do any sort of like paid advertising or digital advertising, social media? Um, we have a presence on Facebook and Instagram. We uh, and Google and Google is the direction that I'm moving even more toward in this coming year. I'm super frustrated with Facebook. And then when they made that move of where you as a business owner, you have to have two different identities on there and you have to toggle back and forth and back and forth. It's just a pain in the neck. I feel like I'm not seeing a lot and I figure that a lot of other people aren't seeing a lot as well. So since we get a lot of our connections through Google with looking for directions and phone number and locations and what's near me and all that kind of stuff, that's where I'm going more toward next. We have one connection with a real estate agent and she has some um, $100 gift cards to give to her clients when they buy a house that she can pass along and say, I work out at this place and, you know, here, come try it. And, you know, for the most part, it's also just putting stuff out and kind of keeping like making connections through uh, affiliate marketing with other businesses that we share something in common with. We're in a shopping center. Mm -hmm. So we get some referrals from the hair salon and we have a pizza place coming in here soon. And I know the people who own it. So we'll be working with them and just making all those personal connections. I, um, there's a guy who did a talk recently in a mastermind group I'm in. And he, his whole thing was to set a goal of having 100 cups of coffee over the next year with people in your community. And I ran out of time and hours to do it, but I started on it. And I'm going to get back to that in January. Not not calling people up and saying, you know, um, I own this fitness business. Um, how can we work together? But just calling them up and learning more about what they do, and just just making those connections or saying, how could I help? How could our business help your business? Even with the dozen meetings that I had, they were so worthwhile. And mm -hmm. that's a big way to like just get to know people on that one-on-one -on -one basis. I thought that was super valuable. 
Definitely. Yeah. I like that you mentioned networking because I think that's one of like the most important things we can do as business owners. You know, we'll meet so many people that way and you never know who has a connection that you might need or they might need you for something mm -hmm. in the future. And I think that's so crucial to, to build that community. Um, so yeah, I love that you mentioned that. Um, so would you say like the majority of your leads then come from word of mouth or referrals um, from other members? Definitely most of them do. And because we're in the shopping center, we get some people who walk past and look in and see what we're doing and stop in. But for the most part, it's um, people who know somebody like the one of our more recent um, new members came in. And as soon as he saw what we do and he, he had this history of back pain, had had four knee surgeries. So he'd kind of babied his knee, hadn't really been doing anything in this long. And he hadn't been there long before he was saying, I need to get my mom in here. Mm -hmm. So uh, two weeks later, his mom comes in and now his mom wants to start working out with him. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to go, but you know, that got her in and she said, oh, you know who needs to, to meet you is my next door neighbor because she's not doing anything but walk and she needs to be coming in. So for the longest time, I was like spending a lot of time on content creation. And I do still have an email list that I write to three times a week. But I also did a, a gosh, hundreds literally of YouTube videos, videos that I put out on Facebook and Instagram and then are archived on YouTube. So if you want to know, if you ever hear of us and want to know more about us, there are a lot of places you can go and see us pop up. I just want to get our Google ranking as high as I can get it here in the next year. Gotcha, gotcha. So are you considering paid ads now, now that you're going forward and trying to, to grow up that, you know, 140 member mark? Have you considered like Google ads or Facebook ads? I have done Facebook ads and I don't know if I'm just bad at it or what, but um, I, that just did not, I didn't get anything from it. Uh, Google ads, I'm going to look at because they get, they're offering some discounted um, deals with, running some ads and just sort of see what happens with it. Probably, maybe not in January. It's hard to tell because I also have plans to run a webinar coming up in January that I'm advertising. I'm going to be advertising on social and through my email list. Uh, so like a free webinar that's going to be designed to sort of channel people into an eight-week program that we tried last fall that was, it was our beta test of a program where it's an eight week program where you work on eight different critical habits. Mm -hmm. And it's got a lot of, it's got a, a workbook and it's got an app and it's like a lot of material that, that videos that people watch and stuff like that. And you can only take just a few people through at a time. I have to, I've, I've learned that getting, multi, you know, getting with the kind of operation that we have, our square footage is just, just shy of 3000 and you know, in some space, some of that space is a massage room and an office and a break room and, you know, all those kinds of things. So it's not a big space. Right. And I have learned back when I finished, when I wrote my book, which was what I did during the pandemic, when I wrote my book and started to get the book out there, um, we picked up a lot of members because I got like media attention in the newspapers yeah. and we got a lot of members kind of all at the same time. And it was horrifying to me that I had so much trouble keeping track of who they were. Mm -hmm. What was that one's name? What did they say? You know, despite everything I was trying to do, I just couldn't, I couldn't get it all like solidified in my head and get everybody nailed down. So I'm not looking to like grow, get 20 people kind of all at one time, but I would not mind getting five people a month for a while, you know? Yeah. Do you have a software that you use to keep track of those people or a spreadsheet or how do you do it? How do you do that? Keep track of um, your 
a lot of it is manual, um, but we use Nomly. Okay. And Nomly has been great. Nomly helps me. We do um, another thing, sort of like I was experimenting when it came to, comes to the whole marketing thing, like which would be more meaningful to put my time and efforts into reaching out for people or reaching into the people that we have. Mm -hmm. And so over the last six months, I've been spending more time focused more on reaching in. Mm -hmm. So over that period of time, I bought a, um, a heat press machine and we've always sort of celebrated everybody's train anniversary. So mm -hmm. I have a spreadsheet and I keep track of when somebody joined and then we would make a big deal. Oh, it's been 10 years, it's been 11 years. And then a colleague of mine mentioned that they, they made special t-shirts for people for doing that. I was like, I'm crafty. I can do that. So, so now we do t-shirts and we, you know, everybody gets their t-shirt. So they're wearing our brand and then we take pictures of them and we put that out on social, even if it's on the, you know, some people don't want to be out on social. So even if it's in our special you know, small group, sort of celebrating those people. But I feel like that works and keeps morale and camaraderie up, uh, you know, so much better than just a lot of effort on bringing outside people in. Mm -hmm. um, we do a lot better with when somebody there, you know, when somebody comes in who knows somebody who's working out with us, the chances of their joining are in the 90 percentages. I mean, it's just really high. But to get back to your question, Nomly tracks, Nomly will track those sign-in days. It will track all their information. Everything that you need is all in, in that app, which has been so great. Everything we have to do except for scheduling. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like you have great retention. It sounds like when pe once people get in the door, they love your services and they stay for a long time. I think it's probably just a matter of, you know, getting more people in um, now to get to that 140 mark that you're super close to. So yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, so tell me about 2020. So how did you get through the pandemic? You mentioned to me before that you actually had a great year in 2020. So tell us how'd you pivot and how'd you see such a, such a good year that year? Well, we were lucky that we we're in Birmingham, Alabama for starters. So we were not shut down nearly as long as a lot of other people were, yeah. but the minute that the word came out that we were gonna have to lock the doors. I spun around and pointed at one of my coaches who was about to have a session start. And I said, call him and get him up on the screen, um, you know, call him on FaceTime. And he looked at me and he was like, okay. And then when the session was over, he walked back and he said, that worked so much better than I ever dreamed. Wow. And so we kept, all of our clients going. I'm trying to think if we lost anybody during that. I think we might have lost a couple that were not, not real like strong long long term clients, mm -hmm. but everybody kept going on. We were doing classes on Zoom and posting those on YouTube. But but if you were in a small personal training group in person, you were in the same small group on the screen, whether it was FaceTime, usually it was FaceTime. FaceTime feels a little bit more kind of intimate in a lot of ways than Zoom does. But we just kind of kept people going and they just, they had their bands, they had their weights. And then a lot of them, I had one client who brought her weights in when it was all said and done and said, here, I don't ever want to see these at my house again. <laughs> but we just didn't stop and we didn't treat it like we were falling apart or like we were. And I give tons of credit to my coach, Pat Rigsby, who just dug his heels in and said, we are going to get through this. And he was coaching us all on this is what you need to do next. You need to try having, we were having like, you know, little coffee meetings in the evenings or, you know, one night we got together for like trivia. Um, we just like all kinds of things just to try to keep the community together. 
And then of course we were able to open back up in, I guess the beginning of May, I think we shut down end of March, the third week of March and opened back up sometime in May. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad time, but you know, then we did, we didn't know what we were doing because um, we were still worrying about fomites and whether or not it mattered if we were spraying down surfaces and fumigating the spaces and all that kind of stuff. So people who were feeling brave went ahead and came on back in and the, the others, we continued working with them at home until we started to figure out that it was mostly, well, first of all, that <laughs> we got a vaccine, but then we started to figure out that it was really air driven and not, we didn't have to worry so much about constantly disinfecting and spraying. So, so we did it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that you gave people, you know, an outlet to still be active and have a community even when they were at home. I think that's so important for people to, to still feel connected. And that's amazing that, you know, your, your fitness facility was able to give that to people. Um, so when everybody came back, you know, back in May, um, did you see like a shift in the type of services that people wanted or were they still, you know, into group settings or were they more into personal training or was it kind of the same? Some people were slow to come back into being around other people very much. Um, but, but then there were other, oh gosh, I had, I had clients who kept me on the phone for long hours at night, carrying on about, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not this, it's not that. And when I, you know, we got back and I was setting out because a lot of facilities did, did what we did in the beginning, which is you put a mat down, you put some weights on it, you measure out six feet or whatever it was. And then you put the net, you know, you're trying to keep people separated and everybody's in their masks and all that kind of stuff. And we just, we just did it while we had to do it. And then when we could, we'd get people out, like outside and on the sidewalk and stuff like that. You know, I'm sure what everybody else was doing. But, um, you know, thank God we got the vaccine when we did, because that was like, was like, you know, a key to get out of the jail. Yes, exactly. A light at the end of the tunnel, for sure. Yeah, I'm glad, glad we're past that now. Um, mm -hmm. But what would you say, so a lot of our listeners are prospective gym owners, like they'd love to be in your shoes someday. What would be a piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to own their own gym someday? Maybe something that you would go back and tell yourself five years ago before you opened? I, tell, I say very often that I don't worry about making mistakes because I've already made them. Um, yeah. A couple of big ones that I made, one of the big ones that I made was trying to run it like a trainer because in my previous position, I had been a personal trainer, but I'd also become the personal training coordinator mm -hmm. and I advocated for the personal training group. So when the the um, consultants would come in and say, your personal trainers are being paid too much. I would, I would fight with them about how, you know, we had to keep up our certifications. We had a certain learning um, curve and ability that nobody else had. We brought this value and we should be compensated for that. And so when I opened, I opened with independent contractors and I paid them so well. And it's just a miracle that, well, a miracle and mentorship that we made it through that first year or two because I was, I was giving so much money away. Mm -hmm. And then I got, I got signed up into one mastermind group and my coach was saying, you're paying too much. You're paying too much. You got to cut that way back. And plus I was trying to, I, you know, I was trying to be, I was following somebody else's model and it was based on independent contractors and, you know, the clients pay the contractor, they pay you rent. Um, and so kind of like, they're sort of free to do their own thing. Like, okay, and I realized over time that was not really what, that was not going to work well. What I was, what I was working, what I knew worked well 
was what I had been doing for so many years since not, and my, my personal training certification was in 1990 and I started personal training before that. So, um, and that's just when it became available. There was not even a study guide. So I knew what I did worked and I didn't know, I didn't, I couldn't deal with the questions from clients, but why is he doing that that way? Or why is she doing that that way? And I started to feel like I had, I couldn't do ICs, even though everybody said, don't have employees, employees are a drag, employees, it costs you so much money. Ultimately, I had to make the model change to, if I have this way, I want things run, I have to to, if I'm going to dictate that, then they have to be employees. And so I took that step that I knew I needed to take. So that was a big one for me is just, and, you know, figuring out like what the business model was. I didn't take business in school. I didn't know. And I think a biggest, the biggest mistake, because somebody, one of my trainers left me early on and went off and opened his own place. And his place went under in the first, in the first few months of the pandemic because what he didn't know and didn't appreciate, he was very young, that, it, that running a business is so different from being a trainer. And if you wanna have a successful business and you don't wanna be a solopreneur, then you really have to start accepting the fact that you've got to back away from the, so much of the training because running the business and making that successful is by itself a full-time job. Yeah. And that sort of leads to my other like key to success, which is find, people who know what they're doing and grab onto them and listen to what they tell you. If, you know, once you verify, and I can tell you the people that I've worked with who definitely know what they're doing, but you know, once you find somebody who's got your trust, trust them. Mm -hmm. And if they tell you that you need to make these changes or make these shifts, if you don't agree with that, you've got to do some serious soul searching about why you don't share that same vision because if it had not been for some of those people who helped me sort of like led the way, I would never be in the position I'm in right now. Absolutely. I mean, we've been so much more successful than I ever dreamed at this stage. That's and amazing. it's not me, <laughs> it's them. <laughs> You're a great leader though. And yeah, I think that's, that's really smart. Um, I like what you said about, um, you know, switching from that, I think they call it like a barbershop model where your trainers are renting space from you to them being more of employees. And that's super important. You know, you, it's your business and you want, you know, everything consistent for all of your members and you have core values that you want upheld. So I think that that was definitely a smart move um, for the business to, to turn into employees. I think that was really smart. Um, and yes, definitely mentorship networking. If you're, um, if you, the other piece, as I said, that, that particular coach left and when he did, he took about 30% of my business. These were all clients who would come to train smarter and in my wayward approach of, you know, assigning clients to coaches and trying to help coach them up and teach them what I knew and all that kind of stuff. What it did was it created a very strong relationship between that coach and that client. Mm -hmm. So the model that we have now is, you know, you might typically work one-on-one -on -one with one particular coach, but we encourage our clients to move out of private into that small group when you're in small group personal training you go on the schedule and you say okay so monday at eight i'm going to come and i'm going to get my workout in at that time with say patrick and then maybe time maybe by the next week you've got a dental appointment or you're working or whatever and you go oh well in that case i think i'll come on wednesday at four and i'll and i'll come with susan so 
you you're always we're encouraging people to to be exposed to and experience different people that's just part of what you do to sort of like safeguard your clientele so that you don't end up with people with those strong relationships and, and i and i did it when i left where i was working people were worked with me they had people i had people who belonged to that facility who only worked with me so when i left i took a chunk of their clientele with me and i then it happened to me you know now I know better. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, people definitely like form a bond to their trainer. And so yes. they feel like the loyalty to their trainer rather than, you know, the overarching company. So I think that's smart to diversify, you know, who they're working with and um, build a bond with each other in the community too. So that it's not just the trainer that they look forward to seeing, but everybody at the gym. Um, so I think that's, that's mm -hmm. really cool. Mm -hmm. That community so that's it's awesome. a win-win you know it's it, when you can find a win-win it's not sort of common in life but when you can find those things that's what i keep saying about small group personal training it is a win all around you know the the trainer makes more money the the gym ultimately should make more money because you're able to get more people in otherwise you know and that was the thing i ran into my very first personal training job where it was like you came in at seven you had your client and then we were doing half hour sessions so nobody, we only had four people there, but only three people signed up for 7.30. Somebody had to sit out, but then you needed four people at eight, you know? So none of that worked well. Right. And so with this, it's just easy to scramble. And the best thing is it makes it convenient for the clients. And ultimately that's really what matters yeah. because if you can make it easy for them, then that just gives them one more reason to want to come in, want to stay with you. Definitely. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent for, for semi-private and small group as well. I think it, it's a win-win mm -hmm. for everybody involved. Yeah. And for fun, like the energy is, is so great when there's, you know, a group of people working hard together. So totally agree. With Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Susan, before we sign off, tell us about all the things you have going on. You mentioned a book. I want to know about the book, the website, the Instagram, the free webinar. Tell us everything you have going on right now before we sign out. Um, the book is called The Smarter Way. Um, and you can get that on, um, on Amazon. It's, it's available as a Kindle or a paperback. Um, and it for, I do have a screenshot for a nanosection, <laughs> a nanosecond just long enough for me to capture it with my phone. We did hit number one in the new releases for health and fitness back when it came out back in 2020. Um, but it's got chapters on health, uh, you know, on fitness and nutrition and mindset and just, you know, all, and it, a lot of it addresses why we do things the way we do. Like we're different because we discourage stretching and that usually gets people's attention. And then our emphasis on mobility, that gets people's attention. So, and, and learning the differences between those two things and how so many aches and pains are really just things that you could fix with just the right exercises. So that's just like, that's all train smarter kind of in a nutshell. That was the whole idea with that book. Mm -hmm. um on uh, on facebook we are train smarter bham b-h-a-m on instagram we're train dot smarter um oh and the uh the webinar will be coming up in the the third week of january i'm still sort of like nailing down the the details on that but i'm a huge 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 fan of um james clear and atomic habits and yes. so I'm always working really hard to sort of share how to use that habit building and habit changing mentality to get people to realize that they don't have to count calories anymore if they just start to, to like trust their intuition and what they know about how they feel 
And if they really are determined to really like once and for all, you know, people, I have a client the other day who said his wife was doing Octavia again. This is the mm -hmm. only thing that works for her, which is his way of saying she's done it before and she lost the weight. Of course, then she gained it back because she went back on it so she could lose the weight again, you know, which somebody told me a long, long time ago was what the guy who started Nutrisystem said was the best business to be in is in the weight loss business because people come to you and they lose the weight and then they go off your program, they gain the weight and they go, oh, I lost weight on that program before. So they come back. And that's what we try. We'd like things to be a little bit more even keel than that. Yes, definitely. I had clients that were doing Optavia and they would come in with like their astronaut food. And I was like, guys, just yes. eat whole foods. And just, just eat real food. Why are you making it so complicated? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Susan, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Everybody check out The Smarter Way. It's on Amazon. Check out the book um, and train smarter on all the social medias. So again, thank you, Susan, so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Um, to all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Um, if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is James from Elite Zone Fitness. What's going on, James? How are you doing today? What's going on? I'm good today. I'm good today. I can't complain. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on the show. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Elite Zone Fitness, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Lisa Zone Fitness is a, it's a, it's a fitness right, program, right? But it specializes in more individual um, and group training sessions. Um, what made me do this or me started this is I actually had my own health scare um, almost three years ago. Um, usually I'm in very good health, um, but, you know, I went to the doctor and she said, James, you have, you know, borderline high cholesterol. I'm going to prescribe you this medication. Um, How old were you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I'm sorry? How old were you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I was 38 at the time. <laughs> 38. And, you know, I've done, you know, all kinds of things. Um, triathlons. I've done half marathons. I was, you know, competitive sports when I was younger. Um, pretty fit guy, Right. <laughs> So when you go there and a the doctor tells you you got borderline high cholesterol, you're like, whoa, wait a minute, where did this come from? Um, and so um, to take a step back, uh, I had recently changed jobs and I was flying a lot, traveling across kind of the globe a little bit. Um, and I was eating a lot of bad things that I shouldn't have been eating, um, but I was. Um, and so given that, I said, okay, um, 
got the high cholesterol analysis, went to the, the pharmacy, got the prescription. And then, you know, you start to read because <laughs> there's all these medical terms, right? You start to read what all the side effects were. And I'm like, well, I don't want a third eye and, you know, my ear to be one larger than the other and all these things. And so I said, you know what? I called the doctor and said, before we go take this journey on this medication that I'll probably never get off of, yeah. can I do something about my life so that I can avoid going through this program? And she said, yeah, go ahead and give it a try. If you change, we'll meet again. If you, if the results change, then you don't have to take them. So I cut all the, well, I basically cut all the red meat, right? I cut all the pork. Um, I got back to my healthy eating again. I, I, I worked out while I was traveling all those things, but I took it up a notch <laughs> um, because I wanted to beat this. Um, and so a few months later, I went to the doctor. Um, she gave me a clean bill of health. Um, no medicine needed, but it really scared the heck out of me um, because I have a family history of, of high blood pressure. My father passed away from, from cancer. My grandparents did as well. So it was kind of scary for me. Like it brought things to perspective, right? And so I was like, man, I got to do something to help others. Like um, if I was able to change this, and I, I started watching, you know, all the, the shows like um, Biggest Loser and all those things. And I was like, I can do something like that. <laughs> So um, at the time was also, we're going into COVID. And so I said, you know what, well, let me go and get my personal training. I've, I've always helped people out for training. Like when I do all those, all those activities, I've trained others. And I was like, but I've never been certified to do this. So let me go get certified. So I went and got certified during COVID and started my Elite Zone Fitness. Um, and so I've been doing this for Hold now on a second. two years. I gotta, we got to backtrack a second because you said you went and started a business during COVID, a fitness business. Yes. So, I mean, can you tell us, like, elaborate a little bit more on that story? Like, okay, you got certified, and then you found, like, a building to to rent or lease? Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting, right? So I'm based out of Texas. <laughs> um, and in Texas during COVID time, you know, our lockdown rules weren't as bad as others. We're kind of rogue here. <laughs> um, but <laughs> what I was able to do was, uh, I start my, actually, I have a family member who does wholesale um, and e-commerce market. And so um, he has space in his facility. Um, and he's like, hey, I got this space available. And I was like, well, I want to put a gym together. So we kind of talked about it. And he's like, hey, you can have this space at X amount of cost. You can share the space and you can put your gym equipment um, in this space. So that's what I did. I went and bought a bunch of gym equipment from Rogue. <laughs> um, I went and bought um, um, all the things you need from a, a fitness program, all the weights, dumbbells, everything you possibly need um, for a space that was um, about a thousand square feet. So if you think about like going into an apartment gym, that's about the size of my space, right? Um, and so what I wanted to do was kind of give that same concept of you can have your own, because I used to live in an apartment for about my house is you go to apartment gyms, people work out, and then, you know, they're either doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing, or they're just on, the, on their phones watching TV doing nothing. And so I was like, you know what, let me have the same concept, small boutique kind of gym, and then go out there and hustle and get me some people to train. And so that's what I would do. Uh, so I went out, you know, I would go to, you know, different places to meet people. I'm the trainer, this and the other, come meet, come check me out. And then I, was, I started that concept of bringing people in. Um, and so I brought some folks into my gym and had some great success stories 
from those individuals because COVID, unfortunately, from the American people, put on a lot of weight on a lot of people, right? Because you're sitting at home watching TV or you're not exercising, you're not walking around. A lot of folks put on weight. Um, and so it just it happened at a really, really good time for me where I was able to get a gym at a very low cost, um, get people in because they wanted to change because they had, I call it, they put on a COVID weight. Um, and then they want to kind of get out of that and get back to their normal rhythm of life. Um, and so that's where Elizon Fitness was formed, right? And so uh, I've been doing that for now uh, two years, um, and it's been, you know, just a great story for me, um, able to help countless people. <clears throat> and then, you know, looking to scale the business, you know, um, at a at a very good roadmap pace um, over the next couple of years to where I'm, I'm building out, you know, beyond a thousand square feet, right? But to have, you know, a gym with functional equipment and, you know, courts um, as well. Okay. So you started your business in COVID. You made it through COVID. You didn't have to shut it. You like you didn't you didn't have to shut your doors. I know a lot of a lot of businesses didn't have that same uh same end result, I'll say. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good point. You know, because I was doing individualized or group, you know, we one-on-one you can wear the mask for those who wanted to wear the mask. Um, but even group sessions, it's just so such a small group, it's easier to control the inflow and outflow of people. Um, and you know, I had test stuff at my gym. So for those folks who were like, ah, oh, germophobic, you know, I had all that stuff. And then I, I had a, a rigorous cleaning program at my gym because it's just me in the gym, right? And it's, it's not super, you know, this 10,000 square feet gym. I can go in and clean everything. As soon as I get done with a session, mm -hmm. I'm cleaning that bad boy up. So. Right. Right. Okay. So post COVID, um, I think we're finally in the, like that post pandemic era and you mentioned scaling and growing your business. Um, maybe to eventually like a bigger space. However, for the, the personal trainers and even gym owners that might be listening, you do still have a full-time job, right? I do. <laughs> How many hours have, a week are you working at your full-time job? Um, I work 10 hours a week, but I work remote, right? That's the luxury of having the COVID thing, work remote. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is, my job does take a lot of my time and energy, right? And so I got to spend the rest of the, 14 hours a day to figure out how I'm going to train, right? And you got to sleep. So, you know, I have seven hours within the day to figure out where I'm going to put training um, mm -hmm. in that mix. So what's your process for figuring that out? Like, do you have set days? Do you have like a set schedule? Okay, these are the hours that I'm going to work over the course of the week. And these are the hours that this person's coming in and this, that, and the fourth. Yeah. So what I typically do for me is I put a blocks of time available. So I have an, an app that I use. Um, and what it allows is my clients can go in the app. They can see the hours I have available and they can book a time. Got right? it. So Got I have it. that method of doing it. Um, I have clients that were very personable. And so they don't want to use the app. <laughs> They'll just say, hey, James, I want to get trained. Give me a slot. So I'll throw it in the, the time in for them. And we work together. Like um, the biggest thing with my clients and me is I want to waste their time and mine. I want to make the best use of our time. So we work around each other's schedules, right? So sometimes I'm training in the gym at 10 o'clock at night to 12 o'clock in the morning, right? That's just what it is. That's what time I got available. Sometimes I'm up at 5 a.m. and we're done at 7. That's just the time I got available. And that's what works for us to get through the session and they get the most out of that session. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. 
So what, what app are you using to help the, your clients? Wixfit. I Wix. use Wixfit. Yeah. I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah. So Wix has this new platform um, where it's actually, it's, it's pre-templated for um, personal training programs or fitness programs. And it has a scheduling component to it. So the client can go in, they can look at your blocks that you have available and they can go in and schedule the time that you have available and it automatically notifies you. Then you can either accept um, the request, right? Or you can say, no, I'm going to decline. I can't do it. And you can work around to fit another time within that client's uh, platform. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about of your, about your, because eventually like you do want to not be working like in corporate America. Is that right? Yes, that's very true. That's the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what is your game plan out of that? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually a very good question, Emily. Um, so my game plan, and we said before, right, I want to scale. So in doing so, right, I have smaller space right now. Uh, what I'm, I'm diving into in the following year is introducing youth sports into my program. Um, the youth sports will be the driver of building out the open gym, right? And so I'm gonna, what I'm going to have is I'm going to have an open gym concept where people can come in uh, 24 hours a day with the key card access. And then I'm going to have uh, multi-use courts for the youth sports program, whether it be volleyball, um, basketball, and et cetera, right? And I'm going to take that and grow that. Um, the, the, the scale of this is getting the youth sports started and going and then get the open gym uh, concept going right after that. Um, once that's done, then I'm going to bring in uh, a host of trainers and have those trainers have use of the entire space um, so that we can, you know, grow and scale the business together. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, do you think that there's a way that you could also like do the, introduce the open gym and the, the youth um, program at the same time? I can, I can, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's really more about facilities than it is about the, the programs themselves, right? So if I have the facilities, then it's very easy, right? You come to the gym, there's a gym portion. If you want to use the courts, there's a court portion. So it's really about um, looking at facilities and making sure the right facility that meets the needs of the scalability of, and growth that I need. Gotcha. So are you saying that you'll, you think you would like need a bigger space just to accommodate like both? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I definitely need a bigger space. Okay. Than what I have today. How much of a bigger space um, are you thinking about moving into? Um, probably about 5,000 square feet, five, five to 8,000 square feet of space. Might need more than that with the gym. So maybe 10,000 square feet. Yeah. Of that's space, that's space. Yeah. So for the, personal trainers and even like gym owners that are listening now that still have that nine to five and they're still trying to figure out how do I get out of here? Like, what are some things that you're doing today to prepare for that transition in the future? Yeah, so absolutely. So the first thing is you have to lay out your roadmap. You have to know where you want to go and you have to have milestones of what you're trying to do. You, you can't say that you went and got the nine to five and then tomorrow you have a gym because there's a lot of things that go into play to get there, people. So what is, what is your first milestone? My first milestone is to launch Youth Development Sports. That's milestone okay. number one, okay. right? Um, and once that's launched, that's crossed off, right? So now I have 
revenues coming in from your sports, right? So those revenues are coming in, they're being nested and put away for capital expenditure for uh, you know, use of buying for more facility space, right? 10,000 square feet space in Texas and commercial buildings are very expensive, right? And so you gotta make sure that you have capital to get that. And then you also gotta bring in bodies yeah. right, to use that space. If not, gym's not gonna last a month, right? There's a lot of gyms that close every day because they don't have enough foot traffic coming through. So what do you think you would, because that's a lot of space, right? To fill up 5,000, 10,000 square feet. What do you think you have to change about like your marketing in order to get consistent opportunities in every month? And would you be the one who's doing like the closing? Um, I could say I could close at times where I've been doing sales for a long time. Um, but I think for me, it's more assisting those trainers um, and closing the deals, right? Well, it's setting them up to close, right? Some yeah. people need to be set up to close. Like, here's the deal. Go in and say this, close it and be done, right? Some folks can't lead up to the close. They, they, they'll lose it before they get there. Some people, if you give them a plate and say, eat the food, they'll eat the food because it's easy to do, right? So you set them up to close. Um, so the, the, what I would do is essentially set them up to close. And for those folks who struggle, then I would go in and I would close it for them, right? It's training to me, it's, it's, a, it's a means. If I'm a person who wants to get in shape, I need to get trained. Either I find a trainer, I try to do it by myself. Those are the two ways, you, the two avenues you go. You do it by yourself, it might work out. If not, you give it a trainer who helps you and guides you get it done a lot better, quicker, right? Less injuries that could occur because you're not overdoing it so it's important in that aspect yeah to answer your question yes I, I would help close when needed yeah so first milestone uh you're pretty much gonna use like the youth development program to get the capital to expand absolutely and, and honestly if you think about it right a lot of parents like watching their kids right the demographic of people who brought and train are typically people who are working. You got some young folks who train, but those same parents, I'm essentially marketing to them, right? Folks who visit um, and watch these kids play, their siblings who may watch this, right? It's, it's self-marketing to them because what do people do most when you have your kids? You go post them on social media, right? Oh, this is this person, this is their game, whatever they're training. People like to post things on social media. So it kind of drives that. But obviously, I, I'm going to be doing some social media uh, posting myself, right? Because you got to bring in foot traffic. It, it's, it's a must in this day. You have to use social media to drive foot traffic, amongst other things. Amongst other things. Yes, yes. Okay, so it's about time for us to wrap things up on the podcast. But maybe one or two questions uh, for you before, you know, we head out. Um what is a piece of advice that you wish you would have had before you decided to start your gym during COVID? Um, a piece of advice that I would have liked to have had is understanding people's psychological behaviors. Um, when you train, people can be finicky, right? They'll get rah-rah excited about training and then two you know, two months later, they're like, I got a flat tire and you never see them again, 
right? Um, so having that customer retention, I think having some good advice around, you know, how do you retain people or, you know, not scare them away or, you know, motivate them sort of feel like I'm not getting enough because some people want like quick results. And it's, I blame social media for it a little bit, but folks want to go into the gym one week and come out looking like an Instagram model the next, right? Men or females, right? It's, and it's, it's a terrible misconception. All right. And so I think climate teaching is a lot harder for trainers because people have this, I want to get slim fast. Like I want to be swole or I want to be super sexy like next week. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen. It is work. <laughs> um, and so a lot of times for trainers, it's really hard to retain because they'll go, one of my clients say, she says, I'm not going to cheat on my trainer, um, but they'll go cheat on a trainer with another trainer, right? Because you want the results. You see somebody else's social media and you're like, what is he or she doing that right. I can get from them, right? And it doesn't mean they're any better, right? Yeah. It actually might be worse, but because, and it also depends on how, how you sign them and to try to close a sale. I never, ever, I'm always going to sell pre-sale with fully upfront due to me, right? Because when you give people the option, let's see, you never give people the option, you give people the option of saying, hey, try a week, try two weeks. They'll do that and they'll never come back. Sign so you're basically up. saying that you require them to pay the entire commitment up front? Up front. 12 weeks, pay it up front. Because what it is, is they can hold you accountable, right? Because now it's money, right? right? What drives people? If I give you all this money up front, you sure as heck better be at my, uh, at my training times. You sure as heck better help guide me and hold me accountable. You paid it up front. And if you don't want to pay up front, hey, you can go find somebody else. <laughs> That's just how I roll. Okay. One more question to your point about client retention and to the people that are, you know, iffy and finicky and just prone to just trainer, trainer hop when they see people getting like really quick results. Do you think that that has anything to do with the quality of the lead that's coming in? So it's like, if your messaging or your content is resonating with people whose values are not aligned with yours, that person isn't necessarily going to stick around. Because if you're a trainer who values sustainability, if, if your leads are coming in and they value the same thing, then I would think that they, they're they not finicky or they're not you know trying to trainer hopper. Does, that make, does my question make sense? Yes, it does. But I would say I partially agree. Okay. Because let's say your leads are um, executives who... Um, want to be fit and work out, right? Those people typically have the same kind of persona. They're, they're um, alpha type people who want to do things a certain way, right? And some trainers like myself, because of my what I do in my professional life, I have an alpha type complex as well. So sometimes you may butt heads, right? Because it's like, Here's how we're going to do this program. Here's how I designed it, right? And it's like, well, no, I don't want to do it. So I'm going to do it this way. Well, that's not what we're going to do, right? So it, 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 it just depends, right? Some people can come in and say, look, I pay for a service. You lead, right? It just depends. I've, I've seen both. I've seen both. Um, and so for those people who were, it was more a combative training session, I was like, you know what? <laughs> you can take what you want to do and go figure out how you want to go train. You, I always tell people is that, you know, you make a good leads, but you never stick onto a client who doesn't want to do the program that's prescribed. 
because you're wasting your time because they'll they'll go home and go eat Carl's Jr. or Whataburger who have in Texas and they'll swear to God and tell you that they're eating salad, but they're just full of it, right? That they're, they're in their own persona. And sometimes you just you don't want to you don't want to waste your time because at the end of the day, this is a results-oriented business, right? If I am not making people look like you want to look, I'm not going to get new people. <laughs> I mean, I can, right? But it's gonna be like, well, what did you do? Right. And you got to show some kind of results for people. If not, you're just cycling people. And I, I need results. Yeah. Well, James, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram at EliteZoneFitness.EZF or on the World Wide Web at EliteZoneFitness.com. All righty. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and really looking forward to seeing what you're going to be able to accomplish in the future. So to everybody... To everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Yvette Parks of Vets Fitness coming to you from Decatur, Texas, or more recently, Colorado. So the gym (laughs) is in Decatur. Yvette is currently in Colorado. I joke. All things aside, Yvette, we're here to talk about the gym and how you run this thing as a business. Before we dive into the day-to-day and, and the operations of this, give us a little bit of context. For those who aren't familiar with you or the gym, when you describe Vets Fitness, what do you tell people? Vets Fitness is a 24-hour gym that's that hardcore old 80s style just want to go in, pump that iron, or if I don't really know the pumping the iron, I feel comfortable because of the small atmosphere and the welcoming sense that I feel. Yeah. And so this is, this is our attempt at fitness. And so many of the people that I talk to create businesses like this, because if they were the consumer on the other side of this, this is what they would be looking for, right? The ultimate amount of conviction is, would I use my own product? It sounds like you are the champion of this event. So 
here we are. Take me back. I want to I wanna explore the origin of this before we get to today and what you actually do. And so take me back, not necessarily to the day that the doors opened, but take me to the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up my own business. Got it. What was going on for you and, and what inspired all of this? Well, I was a general manager of Lady of America, which also is a franchise, but it's a smaller gym for women. And um, I was always in top sales, the owner owned 10 gyms. Um, I knew that I was really good at what I did. I'm, I've always been passionate about um, staying in shape and, and being healthy. Um, so when I moved, I moved to Decatur because it's where my family grew up uh, in the countryside, Albertico. And so I wanted to raise my kids there. I have three kids. Um, when I moved there with this sense of, I've been a general manager. I know what I'm doing. I have great sales techniques. I'm going to go to the largest gym in Decatur, which was the only gym at the time, and realized really quickly that in a small town, unless the person dies or decides to quit, you are not taking their job. <laughs> so <laughs> true. I had to figure out a different idea. <laughs> Um, I, my grandparents owned a beauty supply, so, um, business has always been natural for me. I, I don't have a business degree. Um, the, the passion and determination, um, I was, I was kind of a single mom sort of, um, breadwinner type of person. So I had to have that drive. I had to have some way of going in a direction that I was passionate about because I knew you got to do what you know. And you have to maximize on that. So I found a small place. I was able to afford to rent it. I started up in a, uh, at a, a off the courthouse um, little place where I did my personal training studio. Mm -hmm. um, my grandparents uh, gave me a, a little bit of money, said, here, buy you a couple of pieces of equipment. Literally, I started that gym with dumbbells up to 45 pounds, a quad home gym, a leg press machine, a Bowflex Max, <laughs> like the, you know, the Bowflex, you know, <laughs> with, with the bands. And um, I had a treadmill and an elliptical. And that was it. That was literally it. I started with that and I just ran around town with flyers and introducing me. I went to hair salons. I was like, hi, I'm a vet. You know, I'm, I'm in shape. I'm passionate about this. You know, let me help you get there. I'm offering super amazing deals, group sessions, $10 a session. Let's gather up as many women as we possibly can fit in this place and let's make this happen. And so God really blessed me. I mean, I, I prayed. He knew, he knew that, um, my outside life, my, my relationship, my husband, everything, I was in a bad place. And so God really came into my life and I never, I never wanted for anything. You know, I would just, once I started to not make enough money, I would pray, you know, God, okay, this is what we got on the books. Um, I need this. And my phone call, my phone would start ringing. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. And so there's been, a to summarize here, a number of evolutions along the way, right? We got this started kind of on a whim and a prayer and, and things just happened to, to take off, not yes. for lack of effort. That's for sure. We've, we've been running around town. It doesn't sound like you're afraid of hard work or, or putting in hours, but here we are. How long has it been since we've been open now? 15 years. 15 and I, years in business and in, in the fitness industry, 15 years is probably like 40 years in any other <laughs> industry. And so it's, it's no small feat. You must be doing something right here. 
Yes. Look back on that time with me for a moment, kind of just get a little philosophical and, and think about what's been, first and foremost, what's been your favorite part about being a business owner so far and what's been the most challenging part about being a business owner? Um, the the greatest part is that when I want to go on vacation, I set my vacation and I go. Um, another thing, just basically, you know, if I got to pick up my kids, I can bring my kids to work with me. When my kids are sick, they came to work with me. I took care of them and I still worked. So that was a major luxury for me as being pretty much a, a single parent during all of this time. Um, I did get remarried. I have a wonderful husband, but he also works and has to be at work at, you know, 7 a.m. It doesn't get off until six. So I'm still the main person that takes care of the children. So I was able to schedule around that, um, which allowed me to continue to make, you know, if I need to make extra money, well, heck, I guess I'm working till seven o'clock tonight, you know, so mm -hmm. I just took living in the service industry. You got to take it when you got it, because next month you may not get it, but your bills still come. And so another thing that I did is I went to the local gym and I worked as a personal trainer there to get my, 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 I'm a walking billboard to get my, my physical being out there, right. get my expertise known, but because I am business oriented and I wanted to keep a good reputation, I never voiced that I had my own studio. I would have women say, you know, I really don't like working out in this big gym, but I heard that you've got your own studio and I'm like, yes, I do. If you're interested in that, just give me a shout later and we can set something up. Otherwise, I don't take people from the gym. So, you know, I'm not the one that that propositioned you on this matter. And yeah. it just not know, the it, first time and won't be the last time that happens in our industry. Either. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. it is, you know, fend for yourself. <laughs> Um, also having three kids. Um, another thing that I did that was absolutely the best thing I could have ever possibly done for my business is I bought a black avalanche and I had it wrapped with Vets Fitness in bright purple and white. Oh, your vehicle. Avalanche. I see. Yes. Yes. And because I live in this small town, everyone's like, dear God, woman, do you just drive everywhere all day long like a driving billboard? And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I do have three kids in three different schools. And mm -hmm. I go to Walmart, I swear to God, like every day. <laughs> and so, and that so we, we put some money into the car to be a, a visual advertisement. Yes. Um, and we'll get to the marketing side of this because I want to dive into that a little bit further here. But flip the, the positive around. Uh, obviously, in 15 years, I'm sure there were some bumps and bruises along the way. What's been what's been the toughest part for you as a business owner? So the toughest part is, like I said, you know, some days you'll, you got it. Some days you don't, you know, personal training typically only lasts two, three months, maybe six months group classes, you know, sometimes those last a little bit longer, but group classes have a negative because you'll have six women that start out in the group class. Oh, they're gung ho. You got them going, you know, three months down the line, you got two. Now you make $10 a, a class per person. So I went from making $60 an hour to making 20. Mm. Now I'm getting screwed. Now I've made friends with you. Now I know that you're the ones that want to last in this. So why would I be the one that says, oh, no, I'm sorry. I know you want to train, but you're going to have to pay me $60 an hour or I can't train you anymore. And it just really got to the point where I was bending over backwards for everyone and getting screwed. And as my massage therapy started to pick up and I had something to fall back on, I could finally say, I'm sorry, I charge $60 an hour 
If you can't afford that, then see if we can gather up some more people in this class. Otherwise, I'm going to have to let it go. And that was the hardest part because I feel like when I'm laying these people down, but two, you know, I'm getting screwed. I only have so many hours of the day that I can work and, and make, you know, that decent income, making $20, making 17, whatever an hour you can't live. So that has really been um, trying to get out there to make sure that each hour is maximized in making money and you're not just sitting there yeah. wasting it away. Our industry is notorious for not charging our worth for for allowing these personal relationships oh you can't afford it okay just come by and, and pay what you can or pay me when you can and it just sets us up so poorly to make a living in an industry where it's already tough enough to generate profit we get so close to the people that we work with and occasionally, if we don't have process and protocol in place, this is kind of the result of that. Now, and, and, and one piece of that was the attrition of it. We said we start out with six and it, it dwindles down over time. We'll get to that too. But like I said, I wanted to, to bring us back to the marketing piece of this. Obviously, we put some money into wrapping the car and, and having a mobile billboard for yourself. Have you put money into any other kind of advertising along the way? I tried a newspaper that's, can I say a bad word? Of course. <laughs> that's shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, truly, um, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm very, I'm very Christian and God is really, and I, I can't help but, but talk about it because I mean, it's really been a part of me. Um, I got down on the floor. Literally I had, I'd moved. Um, I had, well, scratch it. I got to the point where business was really low and, and newspaper didn't work. Um, flyers didn't work. Um, I, I didn't know where else to go because, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of money to spend in, you know, mass, you know, huge signs or, you know, these other like TV screen, you know, ads that you find at these restaurants and whatnot. I didn't have that kind of money. And so I just, I prayed and I said, God, what am I going to do? I mean, is this, are you telling me that I need to go into a different, you know, career? Like what, what am I going to do? And he said, group on yourself on Facebook. Group okay. On so Facebook. social media. Was yeah. Like, so was I just started saying, Hey, you want a personal train? You need something right now. Um, I'll do 35, no, 40, 35. No, it was $35 an hour. You can put, um, you wow. know, I'll take up to three people in that session and book a massage now, um, get it for $45 for the hour. That started this is low, yeah, fucking low as shit. But I'm telling you, I was starving, yeah. And so, gotta do what started, we gotta do, okay. That started bringing in people, and so they said, My god, that you're worth so much more than this. And I said, Yes, will you help me get this, you know, get, get it out? Will you help me get the word out what I do? And so, every time I'd have someone or, or post something, they would share it for me, and um. I just continued to post, you know, once a week or once a month, and I would kind of increase it a little bit. Hey, you know, it's Christmas time. Get your gift certificates for $10 off, you know, up to six gift certificates at a time or, or whatever. And I would play with the numbers, you know, mm -hmm. hey, purchase personal training. We'll do, you know, three sessions a week. Don't even sign up for two because that's not going to work. You're going to hate me later because you're going to tell me that it doesn't work. So let's do three, but I'll charge you for two 
at $60 an hour. Yeah. So, you know, they're getting this, oh, I get a free one, you know, but in a sense, I just played with the numbers. So I'm still only, I'm still making like 30, 45 40 an hour. hour. You see what I mean? And so it's just that play on words and grasping and pulling in people and then just, you know, talking to, you know, friends of the, the community that know me, hey, vet, how's business? Oh God, you know, I mean, it's getting a little slow. Do you know anybody that needs some training? Well, shit, you know what I've been needing, you know, and just talking and explaining my problems to people and, and people care when they know that you care and you've, you know, I've, I've got a, a, I have this personality that just inside of me, I'm very, I'm very passionate and, and I love helping people. And so it, I, I guess that makes a turnaround. And so people yeah. want to help you. Yeah. And so when we talk about an industry notorious for undercharging, you know, you lived it. This is, this is something that has been a, an ongoing challenge, not just for you, but industry-wide, like we said. Absolutely. I want to expand on the social media aspect of this because it sounds like that was the vehicle for a lot of this. Absolutely. How has that been in terms of success, in terms of generating interest or even brand awareness? Has this been... Do we still do the Groupon route? Have we changed strategy at any point? Yes. So um, be, as, as my massage therapy started to grow, um, my, my business in that supersedes the personal training side now because um, I offer sports therapy. I do deep tissue. I'm a bodybuilder, so I'm, I'm, I'm big. Um, I can get in deep. And, and so that business started to build. So what I would do is, is I would just um, post, you know, Hey, massage gift certificates, or hey, you know, looking for a massage, or you know, if whatever. Um, I utilize um, that in the social media. I have a Vets Fitness page, Facebook. I also have, and it's Vets Fitness and Massage. I use that, and then I also have a Google page. And I've noticed that people tend to watch the videos rather than read the text. So. I started just videoing myself, you know, Hey, you know, here's the massage, you know, here's massage. And I'm standing with my massage, you know, table in the background, you know, uh, you know, book a massage or whatever, you know, relaxation, you know, Hey, mama's, you know, mother's day is coming up or Valentine's day, you know, I'll hit all those wonderful holidays. And then with the personal training, I'll go out into the gym, check it out. We've got 24 hours and all of this equipment is all yours for $40 a month or 45 or whatever it was that going rate for that time. And they also love that sense of, oh, I need to get that now. So, hey, you know, at the new year, our prices are going up because we've expanded. We've added all these new machines, everything that you could possibly need. We're going to be charging 45. But if you join before February 1st, you can get it for $40 a month and you're locked in. Mm. So and I still- Has all of this been posted? Uh, like obviously we're posting this to our, our page, our channels. Yes. Has this been content that you used for, for advertising on Facebook or this has just been on the, the gym's page? This is usually, I mean, I don't have a, I noticed that, that a website was, was never going for me. I never had people go to a website, but Facebook was always more um, lucrative. And then Google has been even just as, just as well. Um, I've boosted on both. Um, I boost pages, you know, I boost all these videos and Hey, we've expanded again or whatever. Um, I don't have Instagram. I don't have Twitter. I don't deal with all of that. I'm a very, very busy woman. 
Um, I, I know there's an app that you can like post and it sends you to all of those, but I'm only, I, I mainly focus on the ones that have, have brought me the most amount of business and still work for me today. Um, so I do, I stick with those of the videos. Um, I don't post all that often because our industry is not one that people want you to constantly knock on their door. So you kind of have to, you know, have something, a reason why I'm posting, which has always been, you know, yeah. a new scene or, you know, our hours have expanded or, you know, hey, don't forget we offer dry sauna and tanning, you know? Yeah. So. We've got reasons to broadcast these messages. Now, I want to I wanna go to the next step because we're getting leads from, from a number of sources, right? We had the Groupon pool for a while. We have people that see the car. We have people that follow us on social channels. When we get a lead, what happens in terms of a sales process? What are we doing to take that lead all the way through the process to eventually becoming a member or a client? Okay, so as far as a member, people contact me and I was, and, and mostly, um, and that's a major sales technique. And that was the one main reason why I did 24 hour is because when you're opening up your own gym, you gotta look at what is your competition? What can you offer that will compete with them? or send you above them and have, have you um, offer more. So for me, we have um, a, a gym that's a hospital gym. It's called Fit and Wise. And so they do a lot of um, physical therapy and whatnot. Um, their gym is larger um, by square footage, but they don't have multiple machines like what I do. They, you can tell that the person that created the gym wasn't really passionate. So they just offer generic you know, um, gym equipment. Now the other gym is the Anytime Fitness. Our Anytime Fitness mm -hmm. only has three machines, three major machines and cardio equipment and a tanning bed and that's it. So I'm like, God, you know, that's hardly anything. Why would anybody want to go there? And then the other gym that we had closed down. So this was my perfect opportunity to offer tanning because we only have one tanning salon there. So I offer, I offer tanning with a nice super bed I have a dry sauna because the, the fit and wise has, you know, the saunas, the dry and the wet. And I'm like, well, pff, I have a sauna, you know, it's a dry sauna. So it's better for you health wise. Plus I have all the machines that you can't get at those other gyms that people enjoy or like, or know that they work. Um, plus I'm more personable. So I yeah. knew that utilizing, you know, those three things in order to grasp that. Yeah, and so we have different ways to, to pull ourselves or push ourselves away from the competition to make it so we are desirable besides those. And we probably honestly get leads from people leaving those other two locations looking for something else. Yeah. And so when somebody is interested, is our first move to get them on the phone? Is our first move to get them into the facility? Is it you that's hosting these sales conversations? Tell me a little bit about the, the actual process here. Okay, so um, as far as the gym memberships, every, every bit of my business goes through my cell phone. I do get a few calls uh, to the office where my receptionist will handle those or they'll walk in the door and she'll handle that. Basically, the gym sells itself. Hey, go have a look. I'm not going to sales pitch you. It sells pitches you. And so they come back in like, hey, you know, and it is 24-hour guests. Um, as far as um, the personal training goes, um, the major thing that that put me above before is um, I started doing competitions. 
So mm -hmm. I did my first competition at Ronnie Coleman. I got first place in both categories that I went to, went straight to Miami to nationals, came back, um, learned a lot from it. I've done another competition since then and I got second. I had severe back surgery in May because of a genetic disorder, but I have been bodybuilding all throughout that time. So I have this story that it's like, fuck, oh, sorry. Um, you know, she's gone out and bodybuilding. <laughs> she competed and she got first place. I think I want to go train with her. So I made it known. I posted, hey, did this competition, bam, hey, went to da-da-da-da-da, you know? And so people know and they talk and they spread the word. Well, hey, you know, you may want to go to vet because I know she's had some, you know, really good, you know, she knows what she's doing. Um, Do you I also, find that it brings you more people looking to compete or more kind of everyday mom and pop type people or both? Both. Both. Because they're like, we know she knows what she's doing because she's been there, done that. Um, I got the picture to prove it. And two, um, I also offer for free, included in your membership or included in your personal training, nutrition. And I'll tell them, mm -hmm. I'll tell them first off, I said, look, this is how I take you on. I will train you three days or more. I will not take you for two. I said, we're here for success, not to just learn. I said, you, you're going to learn. You're eventually going to go out on your own. I'm going to teach you how to do that. I'm going to give you um, everything that you need per your lifestyle to eat. If you fail me in the first month, I fire you. And they're like, you what? I fire you because you're representing me. And if you come here because you want this, then I want you to prove it to me. Let's reach those goals. Let's make it happen. Otherwise, there's the door. Mm, yeah. And I'm and telling so, you, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it's, it's working. Accountability is a real thing. And so we're pulling in revenue from a number of different sources. Of course, we've got the, the memberships of the gym in general. We've got personal training. We've got massage. We've got other trainers in the gym at this point. I want to switch gears a little bit. Our, our whole conversation has just been, what have you done in the past leading up to now? But as you look forward with this bet, what do you see as, as the future of the gym? What's your goal for this whole thing ongoing? My, my ultimate goal for this is um, I, need a, I need larger square footage. I don't have a shower. I only have one restroom, but I am in Decatur and we got to work with what we got. I mean, land is, everybody's moving out their land so expensive. I would love to be able to get into a larger place, whether, you know, something's already out there that I can move into, or I purchase the land and build my own. Um, so with that in mind, I, um, God placed it on my heart. I went through a very traumatic event about 15 years, 15 years ago, really, um, 16, something like that. And, um, God placed it in my heart in order to be able to get back what um, <laughs> the devil stole. Um, he said, write your book. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, write your book. And so eventually I realized what I was going to write. I wrote the book. It's now with my editor. Um, it's called Emory, Electromagnetic Radiation Intelligent Enhancement. If that book makes it like I want it to, and I hope and pray, that'll give me the money to build my gym and give everybody exactly the way I envision it. Yeah. And so we've got even another project in the works, but in a nutshell, we're looking for revenue. Obviously anybody that's spent time in the fitness industry knows that building commercial space and outfitting it with equipment that we want to put in it is not cheap. 
No. And so <laughs> we're working towards how do we save, how do we put away money to be able to do that? I think it's a fun conversation because our industry, a lot of the time, like everybody, almost everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, almost everybody wants a bigger location, wants new equipment, wants the shiniest, wants the best. Yeah. Uh, but it's tough. It's it's challenging. And so it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up for you here as things move forward. We're running a bit shy on time here, but, but I want to save at least a handful of minutes here for you to tell people where they can learn more about the gym. You have a website, you have a Facebook at least. Where can people connect with you? You can Google me or Facebook me, Vets Fitness and Massage. Perfect, simple, and straightforward. This has been awesome. I really appreciate your willingness to share and, and kind of give a look behind the scenes of how things actually function at Vets Fitness. So I, like I said, I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. And I appreciate you coming on. I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you so much and love your podcast. And I, I really, I know that it's going to help people. It's awesome. Fantastic. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.